Welcome to the Faith to You podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb Schrader. I was reading an article in the newspaper last week about a student who was suing his school district because he graduated from high school illiterate. He wasn't able to read. Now, unfortunately, I've read several articles of that type where students go all the way through their educational system and graduate and they can't read. Well, how does that happen? Having been a part of the the educational system here in California, I can tell you what happens. It's that students are socially promoted. I would frequently have students come into my class who had no prerequisite skills at all that should have allowed them to get into the grade level that they were in, much less the advanced math class that I was going to teach them. This is how students can get through. They can skate under the radar. Now, what's atrocious about that is the whole point of that system is to equip students with the skills that they need to read. If they can't read, they're not going to be able to function in society. That's such an integral part of your ability to operate within our world. Well, it's even more important for Christians. What do I mean? You know, one of the reasons that we have literacy rates at the rate that we do, they're much higher than they were hundreds of years ago, is because of the church. And the reason that people have been taught to read is so that they can read God's word. Now, hopefully, you're able to read. And if you're able to read, the whole point of that primarily is so you can get to know God in his word. The point of being a believer, of having eternal life, is relationship. It tells us that this is eternal life, that they might know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Well, if the whole point of our life that we have in Christ is to know him, then we need to read about him. We need to read what he's written to us. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is because we're starting a new year, and I want to challenge you in this coming year to read through the Bible. We have a church-wide Bible reading plan. That one's really set up to read aloud. I want to challenge you as families to gather around God's word, to read out loud every, five days a week is what we've set up right there. I know it's hard to get everybody together, but five days a week, get everybody together, read aloud. But I want to challenge you individually to read more than that. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you've never read the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, you're sort of a hypocrite. You know, to say that he's your Lord, that you follow him, and if you've been a believer for several years and have never read God's word cover to cover, you're really not walking in obedience. You're really not living in the fullness of the life that God has called you to. And so what I want to do is I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to read his word and to read it faithfully. It's such a blessing to me as I talk to the the saints in our community, how many of them have read God's word, how many do it diligently year after year, reading Genesis to Revelation, reading scripture faithfully, cover to cover, as they get to know the Lord. So if you've done that, I'm hoping you'll be encouraged. If you've never done that, I'm hoping that you'll be encouraged to begin. And I want to start out by answering this question, why? Why do we do it? Why do we read the Bible? The very first reason we read the Bible is for nutrition. We read to eat. You see, God's word is the food of the believer. It's what provides the nutrition that I need to live the life that I'm called to. Listen to Jeremiah's words in Jeremiah 15, 16. He says, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart, for I bear your name, Lord God of armies. 
Do you hear what he says? He says, I found your word and what did I do? I ate it. And what Jeremiah is saying right there is once he saw the truth of God's word, he ingested it. He took it in. He didn't just sit there and leave it outside of himself. He didn't just sit there and think, oh, well, that's nice. He appropriated it for himself. In other words, he lived by it. He depended upon it for his life. Just like we depend upon calories for our energy, he depended upon this word for the life that he was called to live. We, we see this several times. It's not just Jeremiah who describes God's word as something he ate. In a figurative sense, Ezekiel and John also in their prophecies are told to eat a book. An angel comes and gives them a book and says, eat it. And it, it's described as sweet as honey by Ezekiel. John says it was sweet as honey, but it turned bitter in his stomach. And this is, this is the word that God gave them, but they were then to write for us. God's word is meant to be ingested. Do you remember Peter's response to Jesus when Jesus asked him if he was going to go away? Peter says in John 6, 68, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter's saying is, your words are what's giving me life. I need to be here so I can hear those words. Paul says this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 6, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed. I want you to notice that middle sentence there, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed. God's word is what nourishes your soul. It's what you need to be sustained for the life that he has called you to. That's the first reason that you you need to read God's word. It's your food. You need to eat. The second reason is for growth. You see, you eat in order to grow. Babies who aren't eating don't grow. Children who aren't eating don't grow. And this is why we teach them you need to eat food. You need to take it in. Why? So that you can grow. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. If, if you're taking in God's word, it's going to teach you, it's going to rebuke you, it's going to correct you, it's going to train you. So what, what happens? You are complete. You are equipped for every good work. What this is saying is you're ready for what life throws at you. You're ready for what God calls you to. In Hebrews 5, we have this command from, from a negative sort of slap on the hand. In Ephesians 5, the writer is, is he's excoriating his hearers for not listening and learning. He says this, Ephesians 5.11, we have a great deal to say about this, and it's difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principle of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. You see, if you're taking in God's word effectively, then, then you're going to get weaned off of milk. You're going to grow up in your godliness. And as that happens, you're going to understand. Their problem, he says, was they were too lazy. They weren't disciplined. They weren't disciplining themselves to know God. They weren't disciplining themselves to read the word. They weren't disciplining themselves to remember what it said. And so they had to go back to the ABCs of the Bible. They had to go back to learning their basic number sense instead of going on to greater things. That's how it's supposed to work. You, Your first couple years as a believer, it's hard. You're learning the ABCs. You're just learning how to put letters together and make sounds and form words. But then as you begin to read it and read it again and read it again, you're going to go on to meat. You're going to get beyond that milk.
the third reason that we should read God's word is for direction, for direction. Hebrews 5.14 says that solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. And so he says, this is your goal in Hebrews 5. He says, you're too lazy to understand, but solid food, what I want to feed you, it's you can't handle it because you're not mature, because you haven't taken in enough of God's word. You haven't remembered it. You haven't retained it. And what happens when you retain it, he says, your senses are trained to distinguish between good and evil. You see, in your life, you're going to have times where you're going to wonder, do I turn to the right? Do I turn to the left? What do I do? And God's word will equip you to make those decisions. That's what Ephesians 5, Hebrews 5.14 is explaining, is that as you learn God's word, it equips you to discern according to God's word. But it needs to be in your mind. It needs to be in your thoughts. You need to learn to exercise your senses. And what that means is you're asking the question all the time, how does this apply to my life? What is God showing me here? What is this revealing about the character of God? And how does it apply to my life. And as you walk through your life and questions come up, God's word comes into your mind and you learn to discern good from evil. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 104. He says, I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Do you hear this? I gain understanding from what? From your precepts. Your precepts give me understanding. Allow me to know what? Where I'm supposed to go. It's a lamp for my feet. It's a light for my path. So we, we need God's word for our food. We need it for growth. We need it for direction. Fourthly, we need it so we have something to share. So we have something to share with others. In Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You know, we're told in, in Hebrews 10 that we're supposed to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but instead we're supposed to consider one another how to stir each other up to love and good works. Do you know how to stir somebody up to love and good works? With God's word. If, if God's word is dwelling in you richly, then you're going to have something to share with other people. If you're in God's word, you'll have something to say. Oftentimes people go to church and they're like, I don't know what to say. The reason you don't want to say is because you're not reading what God says. The more time you spend reading his word, it's going to get, begin to just ooze out of you. It's going to flow out of you in, listen, all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And how are you doing that? Psalms are coming to mind that you've been meditating on. You're sharing those with each other. Hymns, spiritual songs, as you're singing. You see, singing is a way of opening up our mouth and encouraging each other. But you know what? You're not even going to understand the singing. You're not going to be worshiping in spirit and in truth if you're not in God's word. There's deep truths in the songs that we sing on Sunday. You're not even going to understand those hymns if you're not in God's word. Paul goes on in Colossians in the next chapter. In Colossians 4, 6, he says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so you may know how you should answer each person. If you want to know how to answer people, you need to be in God's word. And if you're in God's word, it's going to season your conversations with salt. And what that salt does, it evokes in people a hunger and a thirst 
for righteousness. It makes them hungry for God. It makes them thirst for the water that only he can supply. Why? Because your speech is seasoned with it. If you're in his word, it's going to be flowing out of your mouth. Listen to this, Deuteronomy 6.6. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Do you hear what Moses says to the children of Israel? It applies to us today. We need to be having these words hidden in our heart. And the reason we need to have them hidden in our heart is so we can talk about them. When? All the time. And listen to what he says. He says, repeat them. Say them over and over again. Talk about them when you sit in your house. Take time to sit around with your children, with your wife, with, your, with whoever's in your life, and talk about these things. When you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, your speech should constantly be filled with Scripture. We, we want to know God's Word so that we have something to share with others. So, so why do we read this book? So we have food, so we can grow, so that we have direction and discernment, so we have something to share with others. And the last one I want to share with you ties into the first one, so that we can have delight, so that we can delight. What, what do I mean? Do you remember what Jeremiah said? He said, your words became a delight to me in the joy of my heart. If you would just eat this book, it would become a delight to you. It will be sweet in your mouth. Listen to what David says in Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1, 1, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's direction and he meditates on it day and night. If you meditate on God's word, Instead of spending time meditating on nonsense, on focusing on this world, you will learn to delight in his word. It will be sweet in your mouth. Let me close by reading to you what, what God says to John in Revelation 10.9. He says, so I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, take and eat it. It will be bitter in your stomach, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. You know, sometimes God's word is convicting and sweet. It's sweet to our taste. It's convicting to our soul. And the conviction is so good because it directs us in the way we should go. Are you malnourished or are you satisfying yourself with the words of God? This is what your soul longs for. Feed the new creation. Thank you so much for listening to me today.